1: Revelation chapter 1 please in your Bible I'd like to express my deepest gratitude to the people of North Valley Baptist Church I want to thank you for your love for your support to the work of God here at our church for loving our pastor loving us staff members and co-laborers and loving each other praying for us being here tonight I appreciate God's people. I hope the Lord conveyed to you my heart of gratitude on behalf of my wife and our family. Thank you for all the things you do, but most importantly, for who you are, What a faithful people you are. Revelation chapter 1. Now, how many of you have read the book of Revelation or have tried to, book, to read the book of Revelation? Let me see. Now, how many of you are like me? <laughs> Be honest now, all right? <laughs> You get baffled sometimes when we read some chapters in Revelation. How many of you are like me, all right? Come on, you can raise your hand. Don't be shy. Oh, no, John, don't eat the book. Oh, no. Oh, he ate it. Oh, man, what am I going to explain to the people of God? How many know what I'm talking about? You know, sometimes they're like, Lord, help me. But you know what? I remember when we started the Lifeline Bible class 15 years ago, hard to believe. I wrote down the things I would like to teach and... Uh, the Bible study series, and I avoided the second coming of Christ. I avoided the book of Revelation for a long, long time. I just get scared. I don't know why. but It's probably just me. I get nervous. I'm afraid I'll teach heresies or something. I mean, if you like me sometimes, somebody asks you a question, and you're like, uh, hold on, let me call Brother Apuzin or Brother nine or somebody. But uh, uh, I remember five years ago, I made a personal challenge to myself. I'm gonna study the book of Revelation. And man, I tell you what, I cannot get enough of it. And the more, that's the thing about the word of God, they'll never run out of golden nuggets. The more you dig, the more you find. I'm aware that there are some things in the Bible that may be difficult to understand. But church, let's not be concerned about the things that we don't understand in the Bible. Let's just focus on the things that we do understand. Our God intended the book of Revelation to be understood by anyone. My Bible says the secret things belong unto our Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us, to our children forever, that we do all things according to the word of the law, Deuteronomy 29. The word of God was not re- written to create confusion. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And as all churches of the saints, someone who has an honest heart can understand what the word of God says, especially the book of Revelation. Now, many people said to say, use the word of God as a tool for debate. That's when the devil can creep in easily if we treat God's word that way. It's my prayer that we allow the word of God to minister to our hearts tonight. Let's pray, Father in heaven, help us to give full attention to what you have for us. And Lord, you know who I am. I'm nothing. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And Lord, my desire is to be a help to your people and an encouragement There's no way I could do it without your help. I'm relying on you. Pray for our pastor and his wife and family. Keep them safe. It's my prayer. Give them a wonderful time. Thank you so much for your goodness to us. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in the habit of writing things down in your Bible, you may write the definition of the word revelation. The word revelation is derived from the Greek word apokalipsos. Now, I am not a Greek scholar, but I did pass Greek. I could write my name in Greek. That's about how I know. All right. It came from two words. Apo means away from. Kaluma a veil. It means a taking away of a veil. It means an unveiling or the uh, 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 the revealing of what's ahead. It's the book that unveils the truth about our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the truth that unveils the future events and the end times coming from God the Father. The book of Revelation is not a history book. It does not record the past, but it reveals the future. It reveals unfulfilled prophecies. And may I say before we go any further, if you're like me, I like finding out out scores when I'm watching a game. I read the back of the book and we win. Let let me say that again. Some of us get get excited. I guess it's all right to get excited. I've read the back of the book and we win. Let me say that again. I've read the back of the book and we win. I've been living in the Bible back the ages of the day. But one thing that's for certain, it goes closer every day. But I am not concerned about the way it's going to end. Because I've read the back of the book and we win. Oh, I've read the back of the book and we win. No more living in darkness. We'll be living at home within. So there ain't no need to worry about it if you're born again. I've read the back of the book and we win. Praise God. Let's begin reading the Bible before we get too happy here. Revelation chapter 1. You all together with me? All right, here we go. Revelation chapter 1. I told Pastor, I'm thinking of uh, 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 illustrations that we could remember the message. You know, Pastor Ray, he's good at bringing in uh, uh, illustration. I thought of giving everybody Philly cheese steaks. That's too many, all right? And we can't eat in a, a building here. So we're going to the Kissel house. Are they here? Chris Kissel's birthday the other day, and uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Don't go over there, but Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Are you there? Say amen. amen. The Bible says, the revelation of who? The beginning of the book of Revelation tells us the author of the book. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. John, the beloved, is the writer, but he's not the author. God is. John declares twice in Revelation that the contents of the book was revealed to him. Our Lord Jesus Christ is a central theme of the first eight verses of the book of Revelation. Please jump to verse number eight. You're listening well. Thank you for your attention. Let's read it all together. Ready? Begin. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is come, the Almighty. You see, uh, this particular verse can be found also in verse number 4. You'll see that in verse number 11. And then if you turn to Revelation 21 later on in 22, you'll see the same exact definition or characterization of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every creature and everything in the universe created by God have their beginning and ending. But praise God. Man, I feel something coming now. He... Has neither a beginning nor an end. Let me say that again. He has neither have a beginning or an end. He is the eternal source of all things. Before the mountains were brought forth. Or ever what thou hast formed the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. Psalm 90 verse 2. Our Lord Jesus Christ describes himself using the first and the last Greek alphabet. Alpha and Omega. He is from everlasting to everlasting, reaching from the infinite past, beyond the horizon of man's memory, beyond the remotest hidden ages, and extends to the imaginable eternal future. He is the beginning and the ending, which is, and which was, and which is to come. The almighty God, the King of kings, and Lord of lords. We can never truly understand the mystery of our God. It will be like putting all the waters of the Pacific Ocean and Atlantic Ocean and putting them in the glass. There's no, it's not going to happen. But one day we will. In the sweet by and by, we sang earlier. Please go back to Revelation chapter 1. Are we still together tonight? Look at verse number 2, please. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ of all things that he... What church? The Bible says John bear witness of all the things he saw. In other words, John was simply an eyewitness to record the end times. And by the way, the end time event that John witnessed was complete. Look at verse number 2. Of all things, not some things, that he saw. It's all done. Everything we need to know about the future is in the book right here. The next verse will explain why we are studying the book of Revelation tonight. Oh, I like this. Look at verse number three. What's the first word there, church? Bless. Now, I've never met a Christian that prays like this. Lord, I don't want your blessings today. Lord, please don't bless my family. Don't bless my business. Don't bless me. Don't bless my schooling. Don't bless. It's the opposite. How many of you want God's blessing in your life? I like that first word, blessed. Blessed are those. So he, he that what church readeth. Can you underscore that in your Bible there, please? And they that what church the words of this prophecy and what keep those things which are written therein for time. The time is at hand. Notice the threefold promise to those who will study the book of the prophecy. The first blessing I see is blessed is he that readeth the. Words. By the way, most of us could do that tonight. All of us can be a candidate of this particular blessing by simply reading the book of the prophecy. Notice the promise does not say, blessed is he that understands it. Or blessed is he that can explain the deep things of all mysteries of revelation. But it does say, blessed is he that readeth some new Christians would ask me. I love working with new Christians. As say, Father 19, I don't like reading the Bible. That Bible you gave me, it's so hard to understand. Now, how many of you have met people like that? Well, it's impossible to understand the Word of God if you're not reading the Word of God. Now, how many of you like okra? Let me see. Now, how many of you, you don't like okra? Okay. Now, how many of you you don't know what I'm talking about right now because you're zonked? Alright? When I was a little boy, I hated okra. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to eat it. I didn't want, but my mother made me eat okra. She made me eat okra. That's why I got the physique that I have right now. You got the bicep, the tricep, and the tri tip. All right. <laughs> I love okra now. Now, if I have an option between a grilled salmon, hmm, that sounds good right now, or okra, I'll eat both. But anyways, uh, (laughs) God will bless those who read and study his word daily. The second blessing is, blessed are they that hear the words. You see that right there? All of us can also qualify for this blessing. Though some people may not have the ability to read the word of God, but we could listen to the word of the prophecy. The third blessing is, Blessed are they that keep those things which are written therein. Now, I'm not a grum- uh, grammarian. Is that the right word, Brother Moth? English is not my main language. All right? I'm still learning. Learning. It. It's me learning. Very good. Okay. I used to say when I came over here first time, Pastor asked me, "Can you mow the lawn?" Yes, Pastor. I want to load the mow. <laughs> Excuse me. No, mow the lawn. Okay. So I've been learning English as a matter of fact. No, as a matter of fact. And, uh, uh, but look at look at the, uh, uh, the how it's written. It's written in present tense. Meaning, we must continue to read the word of God and hear the word of God and keep the word of God for God promised blessings for the reading of the word, blessings for the hearing of his word, blessings for obeying his word. Now please notice the last six words of Revelation 1-3, please. Let's read it all together. The last six words of Revelation 1-3, ready? Ready, begin. For the time is Let's read it one more time. Now, but this time, put some excitement. How many believe that he is coming again? Ready, begin. For the time is ahead. One more time. For the the time time is ahead. One of the most comforting thoughts that the believers have is the thought of our future as Christians. The word of God is saturated with prophecies concerning end times and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. One Bible scholar has estimated that there are 1,845 references to Christ's second coming in 17 books of the Old Testament alone. In 260 chapters of the New Testament, there are 318 references to the second coming of Christ, an amazing one out of every 30 verses. Twenty-three of the twenty-seven New Testament books refer to the second coming of Christ. I'm simply saying, friend, tonight our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. 29. Maybe morning, and maybe noon, and maybe evening, but it will be soon. We sang earlier. This world is not my home. Uh, we, we've been singing uh, uh, last week. Man, we Brookie, I said, getting that ukulele, and we just we sang for hours. I love singing about the coming of Christ. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more bills in the mailbox. Is that how the song goes? (laughs) All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day! Glorious day that will be. God has prepared us a place to dwell forever with him someday. And glory, hallelujah. Can you please go back to Revelation 3? You still with me tonight? We're going somewhere. Please stay together with me here. The seven churches that we're studying in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 represents the characteristics of churches according to age from the time our Lord Jesus Christ established the church to the last day church. And by the way, we're living in the last day church, the lukewarm church. The time between the establishment of the church to the rapture of the church Each church symbolizes a certain period. Each church symbolizes a certain age, certain time, beginning from the founding of the church to our present day. Each message to these churches speaks of all churches of all time, and each message applies to the church today. I see that there is prophetic message to the church, and I also see that there is practical message to the church I also see that there's personal message to the church in Revelation chapter 2, verse number 3. Now, I have about 27 pages of notes for this church only, but I don't preach 27 pages. So we're going to go with the practical essence of the church in Philadelphia. Let's go to verse number 7, all right? Y'all listening well. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're alive, say amen. amen. you're happier alive, say Amen. There you go. Wonderful. Let's read it. Verse number seven together. Ready, begin. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. The word Philadelphia, all right, we all know the meaning. It means what? brotherly brotherly love. The Philadelphian church is the only positive church amongst the churches. It's the preferred church. The rest of the churches mentioned are all negative. That's probably why pastor picked me to preach the Philadelphian church because the rest of the preachers are negative. But uh, anyways, I don't think so. Look at verse number 8, please. I know thy works. Praise God for that. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor ushers, bus captains, bus drivers, choir members, all orchestra members, nursery workers, givers, prayer warriors, staff, deacons, members, Your labor is not in vain in the Lord, praise God. I see, number one, the past in the brotherly love church. The past in the brotherly love church. I see the church had a little strength. Did you see that there, please? Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength. It was like a person coming back to life who was still very weak. Now, historically speaking, this was the time when spiritual revival took place in the church age. The church in Sardis, the dead church that we learned last week, was revived. This was the period when Whitfield and Wesley and Finney and Moody was used to God to spark revival on worldwide evangelism and missions. Now, please notice this church had an open door. Did you see that there in the verse? And the Bible says, no man can shut it. 1793, William Carey found an open door to India to preach the word of God. Since then, the Lord has opened the door to China and Japan and Korea and Africa and the islands of the sea until there's not a country in the world where missionaries cannot go. May I say when God opens the door to the gospel, no man can shut it. Though some countries are close to the gospel today, the is still being preached today and people are getting saved, praise God. Great revivals took place and modern mission movement and program began during the spirit of church history and many people who opposed God would come to Jesus Christ because of worldwide evangelism. In the past, I see the church had little strength but was revived. In the past, I see the church had an open door. The mission church was open, and because of it, I see number two, the prophecy for the brotherly love church. I see the past. Now I see the prophecy for the brotherly love church. Look at verse number 10, please. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Can you underline that there, please? We'll look at that in a little bit. Now, please notice the church in Philadelphia was to be kept from the hour of temptation. The church in Philadelphia, the revival church, the mission minded church, comes right to the right time when the Lord will keep the saved individuals, the church, from the hour of temptation, the Bible says. The Bible says, we'll keep thee from the hour of temptation. Again, let me go back. What is that hour of temptation? The hour of temptation is referring to the seven-year tribulation period. The key word in this verse is that word from. Did you see that right there? It means out of. The Bible didn't say that our Lord will keep us through the hour of temptation. But from the hour of temptation. The same will be with our Lord during the hour of temptation. Oh, praise God. Just as Noah was taken out before the flood, we shall be taken out before the great tribulation period. Amen. Please notice again the scripture says, Our Lord will keep thee. To keep means to guard. Our Lord is the one guarding the church from the coming tribulation. He will keep thee from, uh, or remove us, those who are saved, from the hour of temptation. I see the past. I see the prophecy of the brotherly love church. Oh, I see number three. I see the praises for the brotherly love church. Look at verse number eight, please. This is where the message comes. And it won't be long now. Verse number 10, chapter 3. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I see the brotherly love church is faithful to the word. The brotherly love church is faithful to the word. I'm glad I belong to a church that does not question the authority of the preserved pure word of God. It worries me when I hear Christian questions question the King James Bible. In Genesis chapter 3, you will see that the very first thing Satan attacked in the Garden of Eden was the very words that God spoke. The devil is the author of confusion. He is the father of all lies. He lies by questioning the word of God. He lies by denying the truth. He creates confusion by mixing in enough truth to make it sound believable. And he mixes it in, and he will make you doubt the promises of God. He will give you options on what Bible to read. The devil knows that the spiritual lifeblood of the human race is the Word of God. And he knows the Word of God brings salvation. And he knows the Word of God produces faith. And he knows the Word of God produces spiritual growth. So he tries to destroy the Word of God by creating other translations of the Bible. In the last days we are living, Satan wants people confused. I see they are faithful to the word of God. I see the brotherly love church is faithful in weakness. Look at verse number 10. Thou hast little strength, but thou hast kept my word. North Valley Baptist Church, all of us, each of us, we have our own race to run. And God put us in this race of life to finish. I said to finish. The race has not been well sometimes. It's weary some sometimes. It's fearful sometimes, but we are placed in this earth to finish our race. For 15 years now, my wife and I have the joy and the privilege of teaching the Lifeline Bible class in the Sunday evening school of the Bible. What a joy to see. New Christians start to get involved in the bus ministry, get involved with the choir and the visitation and soul winning and cleaning the building, so on and on and on it goes. What a thrill to see new Christians do that. But I'll tell you what, one of the saddest things that we experience and when we see Christians who used to sit in these pews are now back to their old ways. Now back to the wicked life they left. Ladies and gentlemen, we must... Stay faithful. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. May each of us hold fast the faith and stay in the faith and never quit. May each of us live for God and keep on keeping on for the glory of God. And never give up your faith and never give up your marriage. Never give up on your children. Never give up on serving God. Never give up on your character and your joy and rejoicing and praying. And never give up on giving. And never give up to going to the house of God. Never give up attending church. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Oh, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Don't start the voyage of Christian living only to quit. Let's be finishers. I see they are faithful to the word. They are faithful in weakness. I see the brotherly love church is faithful in their worship. The Bible says, thou hast not denied my name. It's very obvious Who love God you're here. Our love for the house of God is a mirror reflection of our love for God. I see the past, I see the prophecy, and I see the praises for the church in Philadelphia. Oh, I also see the people of the brotherly love church. I like it this church had an open door. Red, yellow, black, brown, white, they're all precious in his sight. Sad to say, the reason why the doors of spiritual power have been closed to many churches today simply because they have ceased to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. They have ceased to believe that soul winning no longer works. They have ceased to believe that the bus ministry is obsolete. They have ceased to believe that supporting missionaries are not that important anymore. They have ceased to believe that the Sunday school is a thing of the past. They have ceased to believe that prior meetings are boring meetings. And they have ceased to believe that all-time preaching is out of style and hymn books out of style. They ceased to believe, praise God, God kept their door open because they had a little strength, but revived again. They had not denied the name of our Lord. Lastly, the promise to the Brotherly Love Church. Look at verse number 11, please. Woo! Look at this. Behold, I come. What does it say, church? Woo. What's the next two words? Hold that. <laughs> Hold that. Our Lord's promise is accompanied with a plea. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that. Hold it, church. Hold that fast which thou hast. Hold fast the love for God. Hold fast the love for the man of God. Let me say that again. Hold fast the love for the man of God. Touch not God's anointed. I've never met a person nor read in the Bible anyone who went against God's men who ended up being blessed. Never one time. It affected their children. It affected their marriage. They affected themselves. Oh, a love for the man of God. Praise God for the pastor God has given us here. More than ever, let's pray for them. A love for the work of God. I remember Dr. Raymond Hancock. How many of you remember him? One of the last days we were with him. Brother Martinus, you want to reach to God's pocket? I said, yes, sir. Keep supporting them missionaries and keep supporting the bus ministry, the poor. You support God's men out there in the field and you support the poor. You're reaching on to God's wonderful deep pocket. Woo! Could you explain it? Why would the work of God here still going? Could it be that there are those buses back there? Could it be that there are those missionaries? Brother Poozen, God bless you. All those churches that this church started. All the prior warriors that support the missionaries and all the laborers. Praise God for you. A love for the work of God. A love for the people of God. You know why we don't have revival these days? We're busy tearing up, or tearing down one another. We're busy criticizing one another, looking for each and everybody's fault. We're busy hurting one another. And we wonder if there's no revival. The Philadelphian church will reach right down to the end. The Bible says hold fast. Hold fast. Thank God for the true churches left today. Like the church in Philadelphia. Even though they are very few in number now. Let me close this up. My question is this tonight. Are you ready for his return? Are you ready for his return? Am I ready for his return? Don't ignore the voice of God. If you're watching online, don't ignore the voice of God. If God is speaking to you this evening, listen. Listen. I talked to a man on the phone. He's been fighting salvation. I promise you, sir, I prayed for you. Would you please tonight bow your head? You know how to get saved. You know the Romans road, but you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Well, Brother Martinez, I'm going to get saved when I'm older. No, sir, no, ma'am. You'll get saved today or you won't get saved at all. In salvation, the road to tomorrow always leads to the city of never. If you ever get saved, you're going to have to look at yourself and say, It's time I did it and I'm not going to put it up tomorrow. And I'm going to put my faith upon the Savior tonight. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, get saved today. Confess your sins today and trust him today. And if you've been saved, are we living for God? You know where you're supposed to be. You're perhaps watching right now. Are we living for God? Are we right with God? Are we right with our children? Who do we need to call tonight and ask forgiveness? Who do we need to forgive tonight? Oh are we right with God? Christians, perhaps you've been saved a long time. Are we serving God today? Jesus might come today. Oh, maybe today my Lord will come for me. Maybe today my Savior I shall see. Maybe today my Savior I will Jesus will come and I will go home maybe today. I remember when I was a little boy. I had four sisters. How many of you had sisters? Now, how many of you could testify, it's kind of hard living with four sisters, all right? I remember my mother and dad would go to Manila, and they would assign us tasks. And uh, I remember the four ladies, the four sisters, they're all done right away, but not me. I have this, what you call, the mañana habit. I will do it mañana, tomorrow. I remember, all oh, Manila's two hours away and uh, two hours home, so that's four hours. I got four hours. But sometimes my parents would come back home early, and I get the whooping. Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about, that Greek word, whooping, all right? I like my mom's whooping because it's quick, not the superior court, all right? My dad. Man, I tell you what, I always procrastinate, procrastinate, but when it comes to spiritual matters, we cannot procrastinate.
0: Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org.